Hello everyone and welcome to episode 28 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast with me, your host Steve Watkins, and here we are in glorious video format as well. Thank you to everyone that came along to the live show that I did the other night where we went through the last hour of deadline day. A few of you came along, some uh, some good chat going on, some good conversation, uh, a good laugh as well. So thank you very much for that. It was much, much appreciated. And yeah, here we are, ready for another week of, of Premier League football. So as I've just said, we had the, the transfer window close on Tuesday night, I believe it was. And the big deal is obviously Enzo Fernandez. He's gone from Benfica to Chelsea for £105 million, there or thereabouts. So that makes him the most expensive Premier League player in history. And it adds to how much Chelsea have spent over this over this window and obviously the summer window as well. So I think the the to, the total is over half a billion, which is absolutely crazy. You know, the club was only bought for two and a half billion. Now it's raised a lot of questions, naturally, about um FFP and what's the point in it and how are Chelsea getting around this now I've been doing a fair bit of research on this and looking into it and look I'm not going to sit here and give you a a finance lesson on and, and how FFP works the ins and outs of it but I'll try and explain it the best I can most of you will probably already know this so it seems what so what Chelsea are effectively doing is they are putting these players on long contracts. Okay, so Mudrick, for example, 88 and a half, eight and a half years, which I don't know what that, what's that work out to be, 30, you know, it's 13 million per year of the contract. And that effectively is how FFP works. So you can spread the cost of the players' uh, wages, uh, sorry, the transfer fee, over those over the length of that contract. Now, Shakhtar will have the money a lot sooner than that. They're not going to have to wait eight and a half years for that 88 and a half million. But Chelsea are going to basically, in terms of balancing the books and what go what the accountant sees, it's spread over the length of the contract. So simple maths, 80 million pound player, eight year contract, you're effectively saying that that player is cost it's 20 million a year so that's how they get around it basically ffp as most of you will know is all about um not spending more than you earn basically so that you break even now you can make losses uh, under the current rules in the premier league and I think it's 30 million over, or 30 or 35 million, maybe a season. Um, yeah, it's 105, 105 million that a club can afford to lose over a rolling three-year period. And that's how they look at it. Now, that's the Premier League rules. Now, the, the UEFA rules are different, and they did change in the summer. So the UEFA rules are changing And by the 25-26 season, a club that is in UEFA competition will only be able to spend 
70% of their revenue on player wages, player transfers, coaches, that sort of stuff, agents' fees as well. Now, FFP, it doesn't cover things like infrastructure. It doesn't cover, you know, stadium upgrades, anything anything like that, you know, new training grounds, improvements to training grounds. Uh, revenue for a football club is essentially, you know, ticket sales, merchandise, sponsorship, um, partnership deals, you know, and that's why you have clubs like Manchester United having 23 different partners, you know official noodle supplier and things like that. Now, the bigger clubs can attract that. They can attract that revenue. And that's why you see training kits are sponsored by one company, whereas the match day kit is sponsored by something else. Training grounds are now being sponsored. Um, I think, isn't the, I'm pretty sure Carrington is sponsored by DHL. Um, so it all adds up. And that's how these clubs are able to do it. Now, the likes of because you are allowed that element of of being able to to go over that that as well by by 105 million over 3 years that's how clubs like man city and whatnot are allowed to get away with it because they can prove that actually do you know what we might go 105 110 million over but we're good for the money you know we're loaded i mean you look at newcastle you know, 320 billion their owners are worth. You know, the Premier League aren't going to come down on them if they go 105 million over on a three-year period. Now, the interesting thing is that when this 70% rule comes in for the UEFA teams, they've got to try and balance the two. They've got to be able to adhere to the UEFA rules and adhere to the Premier League rules. Now, if you're not in a UEFA competition, you don't have to adhere to that 70%. You have to adhere to the, the Premier League rules, which are a lot uh, a lot looser, so to speak. You know, they're not as, as stringent. So a club can in the that's not in UEFA competition but is in the Premier League can spend 90% of their revenue on such things. So you could have a team whose model is not to get into Europe, but to just be a decent team. But ultimately, teams and players want to get into European competition because that is where the money is. The money that can be made from Champions League football is absolutely huge. I watched something earlier that basically explained the difference is if you qualify for the Europa League, you get, and, and let's just say you get a pound a match. So you've played in the Europa League at home, UEFA go, here's a pound. If you were to play a home game in the Champions League, UEFA are going to give you £4.50. Now, if you extrapolate that over, you know, millions and millions of pounds, the difference is humongous, you know. So <clears throat> Chelsea aren't, they've not, They've not necessarily um, found a loophole. It's a way of investing as such. So, Mudrich, well, let's just go with the £80 million player because it's easier for the maths. You know, every year that player, over an eight-year contract, that player's value is going to go down by £10 million until their contract runs down. And if it does run down, it runs down to zero. 
And that's when the player can go on a Bosman. Now, it's clever because you're spreading the cost. Okay, I completely get that. But the risk is that you end up with a player on 250 grand a week on an eight-year contract, and after three years, they're an absolute dud. You know, I take someone like Pepe, for example, at Arsenal, 70 million. So not too far off what Chelsea paid for, for Mudrick. And, you know, a similar thing could happen, but then Chelsea have got that player for for eight years then and paying that, that player 250 grand a week. And they're not contributing to the team. Nobody can necessarily come in because they're like, I'm not paying him 250 grand a week. He's 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 done nothing at Chelsea. So it's a huge, huge risk that Chelsea are uh, are undertaking here because they could be stuck with players that are eating into that revenue, into that 70%, and they're not really that good of a player and the club doesn't progress any further forward. So it remains to be seen what happens with with Chelsea, whether it pays off or anything like that. Now you could you, you could look at it another way and say, well, you know, over eight years, an eighty million pound player, their value in terms of spreading the cost over for FFP goes down by ten million per year, <clears throat> and after three seasons, that player's value is fifty million, based on on what they paid for the player. Real Madrid, Barcelona, PSG might come in and say, do you know what? Oh, Man City even, whoever, might come in and say, we want him, we're going to give you £150 million for him. Chelsea say, thank you very much. They have to continue to pay that £50 million for him, but they've made a £100 million profit. So that on top of the 105 that you're allowed to lose... That is how Chelsea are able to keep going and keep going. Success plays a huge part in this. And if Chelsea don't make the Champions League this year, which is looking very, very unlikely, then who knows? It, it might be a complete and utter disaster. Um, but I imagine there will always be cash injections at somewhere like Chelsea. You've got to remember as well, actually, that um, over the last 10 years, Chelsea have made somewhere in the region of 650 million profit on player sales, uh, selling players that they bought for, for peanuts and players that have come through their youth system. You know, if they were to, if they were to sell Connor Gallagher in the next window for 40 million, that's 40 million profit. And all of that will go back into the pot. You know, there's, there's because he didn't cost anything, you know, they haven't got to kind of go, oh, well, he cost us, he cost us 60 million. We've had him for three seasons and blah, 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 you know, and all this. So UEFA have responded by closing that loophole um, and saying that actually now a player can only have a five-year contract. Um, I don't think it's going to make a blind bit of difference. I still think a club like Chelsea will be able to go out and invest and, and spend like they have. Um, on the flip side... You know, you buy a player like Mudrick, you buy a player like Fernandez, you've spent nearly 200 million. You may have them players for the next eight years and you might have undoubted success, win the Champions League three times, win the Premier League a couple of times. It pays for itself. 
So it's a big risk, and it remains to be it remains to be seen what happens. Now, the other thing with Chelsea as well is you know they can only have a twenty five man squad either way. But the thing to remember is, especially with the Champions League, is that players of a certain age um, don't really count. They're on like what they call a B list. So you can register them, but they don't count in your 25 and you can register them and you can play them. So looking at the players that they've bought, um, at least five of those players, Mudrick included, just go on to that B list because they are 21 and under or they were born before there's a cutoff date. Um, they were born before that date. So they go on to that B list. So a lot of these players can can uh, be can be used in the Champions League. Now, the breaking news a little bit earlier was that Aubameyang has been dropped from the Champions League squad. And he is one of a number of players that I think Chelsea are looking to move on in the next window. So I read the other day that Koulibaly could be on his way. He was only bought in the summer. Abamyang, Sterling, they want Gallagher gone, they want Pulisic gone, they want Ziyech gone, which they could have done in the window, but they messed up the paperwork there with PSG. So although the Chelsea squad looks bloated at the minute, really bloated, it will begin to trim down. And the players that they've bought are young players, you know, on long contracts that are either going to be at the club for the foreseeable future or they're going to make the club a load of money. I do think personally it's going to catch up with them at some point. And let's see what happens. I mean, this 70% rule, it's an incremental thing. So it goes down to 90, then 80, then 70, because clubs have got to start thinking now, like, Christ, how do we comply with 70%, you know, if we're in the Champions League or or in Europe. So it's a real interesting one. And I know I've gone fucking like straight in full bore with some fairly heavy stuff, but it's been in the news and like all the different group chats and, and that I'm in and all the conversations at work and stuff are all around, how are Chelsea getting away with this? How are Chelsea? That's how they're getting it. You've got to remember it wasn't that long ago that they won the Champions League. So, um, you know, it's not like it's not like they came in and they were, you know, losing. Well, they were losing a fair bit of money under Abramovich, but he could put money back in. It wasn't an issue, really. So it remains remains, remains to be seen as to whether it pays off or not. Uh, I mean, they're currently mid-table. Uh, they play Fulham tonight at the time of recording at Chelsea, at Stamford Bridge. Um, so just looking at some team news, you know, Reese James, Fernandez, and Mudrick all come in uh, for Chalabar, Jorginho, who obviously went to Arsenal, and Lewis Hall. So straight away you look at that and think, well, the three players coming in are better than the three players that have come out of the team. One of them has left. So straight away you can start to see. It's just, it remains to be seen as to whether Potter is the right man for the job. And I do think he'll be given time. I don't think they're a hire him and fire him mentality anymore at Chelsea. Remains to be seen, doesn't it? So, 
um there we go that's my sort of take and my sort of little explanation about uh what's going on at chelsea and how it all works and look there are countless videos on the internet and on you know on youtube and and whatnot of people that are uh, far more intelligent and articulate than me that could explain it but i feel i've done a fairly good job there with that um talking of finances so over the last few weeks or the last couple of perhaps over the last couple of transfer windows there's been a lot of criticism or there's begin there's been murmurings of criticism for the owners of Leicester now we all know the situation with Vichai and what happened there and then his son taking over and we've had things like COVID to deal with etc etc and Brendan Rodgers hasn't really been backed in the last couple of windows up until this one now a lot of it is about balancing the books a lot of it again it goes back to FFP because we were you know you wouldn't believe it now looking at where we are in the table we were competing in european competitions so we're trying to abide by those rules which at the time you can only have losses of 5 million per season per season over a rolling 3 year compared to the premier league's 35 so we're adhering to that rule as opposed to the premier league one so purse strings have very much been tightened at leicester King Power as a business have lost a lot of money through COVID. Um, so there's been a few murmurings and a few, you know, a few kind of worrying things and people saying, myself included, that, you know, in, outside investment is needed. Some people have even said, look, they need to sell up and we need to get some richer owners, which is crazy to say, really, when, but there we are. And in comparison to, Newcastle, Chelsea, and um, Man City, you know, the the King Power group isn't massive. You know, it makes up a very small percentage of what the Premier League's owners are worth as a collective. But in the last few days, the, um, the King Power group have decided to write off the £194 million loan that they have given to Leicester City. So that's been drip fed over the last sort of 10 years. And that has bought, you know, that has enabled um, improvements around the stadium that has helped, helped to build the world-class training ground. Uh, it's helped with players. It's helped with bringing in a coach like Brendan Rogers um, and to give him, you know, the wages that he's on as well. And the club have written it off and, and King Power have written it off. So in layman's terms, that'd be like me lending my lending my uh, kids some money to buy their first house and then saying, you don't need to pay it back. Don't worry about it. It's yours. It's pretty much that. I hope I'm in that sort of position one day to do that. I doubt it very much. Um, might be able to give them a couple of quid, see how we are. Um, I've got a long time to think about that. Jesus. They'll still be living with me for the next 25 years. That's a scary thought. Um, 
but no, seriously, it's it's a show of intent from the owner uh, and from King Power that they're actually in it for the long term because this isn't a case of you know this isn't a case of balancing the books to make us look more uh, appealing to investors you know or someone to buy the club because why would you write off a debt to then sell it yes you could probably include that in the sale price and get it back that way but it doesn't seem like that is what is the idea here um the idea is to just add a bit of stability doesn't impact ffp um for various reasons which are far too complicated for me to go into um and because it's been drip fed through the money has been it's been drip fed over sort of 10 years uh, it's not seen as a cash injection you know it's been here's a bit of money here's a bit of money and you can pay it as back the reality is Leicester were never going to pay that money back so you know it being written off is a nice gesture but it was never going to get paid back probably in the in the first place so it doesn't mean that Leicester can go out now and spend 194 million pound on players uh there is still but what it does do is it is overall over the three years and all of that sort of stuff um it does mean that um there is a bit more money to play with because the interest on those loans does count towards FFP and it does count towards your outgoings. But those in that interest isn't those interests aren't yet there anymore. They're gone. So straight away, it's kind of we're well within our means in terms of our wage bill and stuff like that. So it's a great sign. And hopefully it's made a few people, myself included, not to question these owners and look, Everything that's been done, regardless of what's happened on the pitch, you know we've had we've had a, a, a fantastic run of it since since uh, the family came in. It's been it's been amazing. It's been an amazing time to be a Leicester fan for the most part, uh, for for all of the obvious reasons that I don't need to go into. You should all know by now. But this is good, and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, stay in the league this year invest back into the squad, get back to that model of bringing in players that are cheap because we're picking them up from, you know, other leagues, not necessarily from within the Premier League, on lower than your average sort of Premier League wage or your average Premier League wage and then maybe sell them on for a profit or they lead you to, to a little bit of success. So, look, we can't compete with the big six off the pitch. But what we can do with the right things in place is we can try and compete on the pitch. So, yeah, good news. Really, really good news for, for Leicester. And, um, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of people out there having to uh, eat their words at the moment in terms of in terms of the owners. So, there we are. There we are. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect this to be a, a very long podcast, to be honest. I'm not going to go through all of the um, all of the FA Cup results. I mean, Man City went through. They beat Arsenal. Uh, Leicester beat Walsall. Um, 
not a great game to watch, to be honest. Uh, Wrexham, you know, 3-3 at home to Sheffield United. So that was uh, an entertaining game as well. And uh, it's it's just a, it's, it's a really interesting story at Wrexham for obvious reasons with the owners and everything that's going on there. It's, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, I'm going to have a quick look actually at the, the FA Cup uh, draw for the fifth round. I'm not really sure what uh, on all of the fixtures. And I know that Man City have got uh, Bristol City. So that's been, uh, again, that's an interesting one. So let's have a quick look then. So obviously we've got a few a few replays that have got to go ahead. But in the fifth round, we're going to have Stoke versus Brighton, Leicester versus Blackburn, Fulham or Sunderland. Uh, Sunderland, where we're leading up until really late on in that game, are going to be at home to Leeds. Bristol City versus Man City. That's already been picked for, for TV. In fact, every game's on the TV. Happy days. Um, Southampton will play the winners of Luton and Grimsby. Ipswich or Burnley play Sheffield Wednesday or Fleetwood. Man United have got West Ham at Old Trafford. And then, as I mentioned, Wrexham or Sheffield United have a home game against Tottenham. I'd really love to see Wrexham at home to a to a Premier League club. I think that would be that would be epic. Um so yeah, that's that's the that's the FA Cup and um you know not there's a couple of couple of ones that stand out there, you know. Um and but there's a really good chance for for a couple of teams to go far in this. But you know, with Man United still being in there as well and Man City are still in there, uh, Spurs as well. I mean, look, they're, they're after a trophy as as much as you know the likes of Newcastle who, you know, aren't in the FA Cup but they're in the League Cup final where they play Man United. So, yeah, interesting to see what happens and see uh, who progresses in that. So, look, I know I, I there's no point in me going through all the transfer stuff. I did a live the other night, uh, as I've already mentioned. Uh, that's been uploaded to YouTube. Obviously, it's now old. It's old news, all of it. But it's there if you want to watch it. And like I say, going forward, I'm going to be doing more Every episode is going to be recorded for YouTube as well. So, um, and it's so easy to record and then just upload to YouTube. I might might do some other little things, might do some, you know, instant reaction things after a game. Or if I've got an opinion that's nagging at me and I want to get it out there before the next episode, I can just do it. I can just record it and I can just upload it. So, um, yeah. We'll wait and see what happens with uh, with YouTube and how far I take it and stuff. But the podcast will always be available in audio form as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean, of course. Uh, I've set up a Facebook page as well. I don't really use Facebook that much, but, you know, it might help. Uh, and doing some live stuff, again, is, is definitely on the cards. Um I'd like to do kind of like watch alongs if, if, if I can get enough people to watch, but I, I've got to figure out how it works with copyrights and stuff like that. I know people do it. Um, you can see how crazy I get when, uh, when Leicester are playing or maybe not because 
I might end up going viral for looking like a complete idiot. So, right. Let's have a look at the fixtures coming up for this weekend. So, as I said, Chelsea versus Fulham tonight. I, th I think Chelsea are going to win this. Uh, I think the, the new the new signings are going to inject a, a, a bit of a bit of life into Chelsea. Um, I mean, I'm seeing people. I'm all, I've already seen things on, on on Twitter and stuff saying that this Chelsea lineup is uh, is crazy. So you've got uh, Kepper in goal, Buddy Achille's playing, Thiago Silva, Reese James, Kukurea. And then Fernandez, Mudrick, Mount, Ziyech, Gallagher, and Havertz up front. So it's not a bad side, is it really? I still think they're lacking a proper striker um, as well. But I mean, the bench the bench isn't too shabby either. Ben Chilwell on the bench. He's back as well. So... Um, Sean Dyche's first match in charge at Everton... Uh, is against the league leaders Arsenal. It doesn't get any easier for Everton. But, you know, that's the Premier League for you. Villa are at home to Leicester. Uh, I'm going to go for an Arsenal win, just on that one. Um, Villa at home to Leicester. I'd take a draw. I would take a draw. I don't... I'm not going to say we're losing. Not to them. Jesus. Um, Brentford-Southampton. Uh, I think a Brentford win there. Uh, and then Brighton Bournemouth as well. So Bright Brighton were able to keep hold of uh, Caicedo, uh, despite the the bids from Arsenal. They were able to keep hold of him. Yeah, Bournemouth are one of those teams that are, they are starting to sort of drop a little bit. I'm going to go for a Brighton win. Uh, United are at home to Palace. You've got to fancy United at home, especially at the moment. Absolutely on fire. Uh, Wolves, Liverpool. Hmm. Look, Liverpool aren't doing great, are they, this season? Uh, they seem to be conceding first a lot of the time. I'm going to go for a draw, actually, with that one. Uh, Newcastle at home to West Ham. Uh, I can only see a Newcastle win there. And then we move on to Sunday. We've got Forest versus Leeds. Now that is that is a classic English game of football. You know, two teams that you know steeped in history and all of that sort of stuff. Brian Clough and all and all of that and all of that um, all of that uh, nonsense. Well, it's not nonsense, is it? But you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so that'd be an interesting game. I'm going to go for a draw on that one. I think Forest are slightly improving, but they're not. You know, the finished article by any stretch. They've signed more players. Kayla Navas, by the way, what a signing that is. Uh, Tottenham at home to Man City is the 4.30 on Sunday. Tottenham seem to have something over Man City. And I don't know what I don't know what it is or why it is. Hmm. Draw which is going to really play into Arsenal's hands. Um, and then Wednesday next week, so this is before I will be recording again, uh, we have United against Leeds, uh, a big local derby, big rivalry there. Uh, I can only see one winner. 
and that is Leeds. No, I'm going to say Man United on that one. So, right, well, that that's it from me. Uh, like I said, I thought it'd be a short episode this week purely because I've already done stuff this week. There's no point in me going over it again. Um, but thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check out the Games and Grats podcast this week. Another great episode. Uh, don't forget to check out the Clubhouse when it is back. And uh, Finn Steel streaming over at on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steel. Um, and that's it from me. So thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Give everything a thumbs up. Hit that notification bell, all that. Uh, all that stuff but yeah my name's been Steve this has been episode 28 of Added Time a Games and Grab Studio podcast and I will speak to you next time goodbye <laughs>